Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed P, Ed M, the happy birthday boy, Mike Proto, one day late, but happy birthday all the same, and no longer in Ukraine, but all the way from Tanaga Island, Alaska, which nobody in the world knows where it is. Welcome, Laser, back to the show. He's going to unmute himself. So, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that I'm going to be able to vote in the next election. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Laser, first important question. What time is it? It is 12.55. Okay, so five hours, not bad. I'm on Hawaii time, yeah. All right, we're going to get to a whole bunch of stories, but I do want to hear if you want to have any illegal medical opinion, since you didn't really see him live, or what happened to McConnell today. I assume everybody saw this. No, I, I missed it. I just heard about it. He just literally, it's scary. He just stopped talking and stared. And then they kind of pushed him off. They kind of like, let's get out of here. So, Laser, what are your... Uh... Well, generally speaking, if somebody completely blanks out like that, it's one of a couple of things. He obviously didn't faint or he would not have remained on his feet. So he never lost consciousness, which really leaves... Uh, something called an absence seizure, which is genuinely a seizure just without all the convulsing that people generally associate with a seizure, or a TIA, which is essentially a very brief uh, stroke that resolves itself. Essentially, the mechanism is the same, but it's self-resolving as opposed to a large clot that creates a genuine stroke and requires intervention to resolve. Uh, Personally, if it's an absence seizure, like in any other seizure, since it's compromising all neurological activity, you'll be unresponsive during that. It is possible that it was a very, very brief absence seizure. I watched the video. It's really only a matter of seconds, long enough that it's a very, very pregnant pause, and it's very evident that something's happened. But It was like 30 seconds. Right, but it wasn't a minute or two. It's an absence seizure remains a possibility. Honestly, however, as soon as somebody called to him he was immediately able to acknowledge that which at least to me suggests not a seizure unless it was truly very very brief because there was no period afterward where he was coming to as soon as anybody tried to get his attention he was able to turn and acknowledge that a tia actually but he didn't speak no he didn't so a tia to me seems the most likely because a tia will look and act exactly like a stroke does but it's self-resolving and here he blanks out he completely stops speaking but he's still cognizant because he can immediately acknowledge somebody calling his name and then they shuffle him off and he's able to do that physically all that appears to be compromised is a specific neurological function uh, or potentially could this be a a, a something specific to turtles i do and how did you do that Uh, so unfair uh. (laughs) yeah Uh, as a self-proclaimed vet, I'll say, sure, why not? But self-identified vet, not claim. Well, yeah, I was very. Now, very I want to get back to something else. You said something. You said something about pregnant. What was that? <laughs> well, and, he is a man. He can get pregnant. But anyway, twenty-three, and if Mitch McConnell wants to be pregnant, that's his right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to me, it it seems like a TIA is a very decent possibility because there's no question that he was neurologically compromised but he seems to have remained cognizant okay. which... to your to your non-neurologist knowledge does it 
forebode anything or it may not happen for another 10 years? Uh, potentially. It could never happen again. He could have a stroke in an hour. It's The TIA is, by and large, not to grossly oversimplify and generalize, but by and large, a TIA to a stroke is the equivalent of angina to a heart attack. The mechanism is the same, so it's either spasmodic or more likely related to a clot and the actual size of the vessels in question and how they're they're acting, whether they're vasoconstricting or dilating. But the mechanism is exactly the same. Most strokes are exactly the same as a heart attack. They're an occlusion. Angina is when, with increased stress or very, very minor increases in vasoconstriction, the very, very narrow little bit of vessel that remains open is fully clamped off. It looks like a heart attack. It feels like a heart attack. You relax or you take medication. The vessel opens back up. Blood flows through. Problem resolves itself. It is foreboding in that it suggests there's a very, very high level of occlusion present or some other means by which a permanent occlusion could be impending, but it may or may not ever happen. It is definitely something that you see a neurologist with. So my guess, my interest in this, first of all, um, Alu said Barack. He was in the hospital. Is he was in the hospital for a while, just a month ago, right? Yeah, he had a concussion so recently. Laser, is Barasso a doctor? Barasso is a physician. Yeah, Barasso is an orthopedist. He's a proper physician. He had a career as a physician. So he was there when it happened, right? Barasso is the first guy who immediately recognized that this is wrong and this is medically wrong and probably had the exact same thought I did and immediately steps in, whispers to him, and probably was between absence seizure and TIA and was immediately acknowledged. And then he takes lead and let me get him out of here because as the physician. Okay, so that was Barrasso. Okay, for those who don't know, Barrasso is the sitting senator in Wyoming, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Which is uh, laid other expertise in Wyoming. Barrasso is the guy who, I don't know if he still does, but he used to come around to the annual Wyoming Trauma Conference, get in front of the room, give his piece, and then genuinely take open questions and then hang out during lunch and or dinner and just chat with people. No security, no nothing, just fielded open questions. Barrasso seems like a pretty down-to-earth guy in that regard. Yeah, I, I just watched it. He literally looked like he was catatonic. Like w- yeah. one, one eye almost looks like it's looking up and the other's not. Yeah, he, but then he does immediately acknowledge when Barrasso says something to him. Uh, so neurologically, he was cognizant, at least. Yeah. Right, and I'm correct that if it was even an absence seizure, he wouldn't remember it? Probably not. If it's a TIA, he will, because his cognition won't necessarily be impaired to certain neurological functions. So uh, I guess my main, my main question for our purposes, and short answers, please, does anybody think this has any political implication as far as us saying Biden needs to go? Does this put the right into a weird position? Please don't yell. We're always in a weird position and nobody cares about hypocrisy. We, we got that point. Well, the, I don't the think Senate, anybody on the right is going to object to somebody saying McConnell's got to go. I want McConnell to go, even if he's got all his faculties. Get lost, buddy. <laughs> so I wonder, I mean, people start knocking you when they think you're down. Is this one little episode down enough for people to start knocking him? Or are they still afraid to, you know, shoot at the king? Mike? I, I, you know what? I don't know. I just, I observe this and I see these guys spend their whole adult lives in, in this, these positions of power. And I'm saying to myself, if I were 75, 80 years old, I think I'd want to go spend some time with my family. I don't understand how these guys 
they stay there until they practically keel over. It just Mike, look at how little they work. Me. They don't. It's not like they're working every day, nine to five or nine to they're seven. Still, they're still, they're still doing stuff, Ed. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at my, I look at my life, and if I, if I'm lucky enough to get to that point, I think I'd want to just like go enjoy life. But how many year, how many days a year is Congress in session? I mean, I mean, some of these senators in the past were there until their their 90s, like Strom Thurmond and all these. It just Mike, nobody gives I up on being, being um, worshipped. I, I listen. It's, I, it, it's, I get it. It is. It's obviously it's ego. I mean, what else could drive it? But it's just not money. They got plenty just, of money. I don't it's know. an addiction to everybody you know around you kissing up to you for years and years and years. It is very sad. I, I don't know. Um, and you think they'd have the dignity to walk away when they're no longer healthy. But yeah. you're right. so many of them hang around forever and ever and ever. So we're becoming more like the Soviet Union, I think. Uh, it's, I, I can't relate to it. I don't know. I think that this may be enough. If you look over the last couple of years on both sides of the aisle, this is now a thing that people can no longer really deny. People are staying in way beyond the ages they should. You mean and like Diane Feinstein? <laughs> I mean like Diane Feinstein. It's in and out of the hospital and off of the committee she's supposed to be on and not able to do her job. I mean like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who hung in until she literally dropped dead. I mean McConnell, who's now, uh, realistically, he has a significant neurological problem, whether that's a new onset of seizures or it is a TIA. He's 81 years old, and he has a an acute neurological deficit in front of 100 cameras. It's... Biden walks off the stage in the wrong direction every other time he's on one, loses track of everything he's saying. There is some point at which nobody on any side of any aisle can deny that there there has to be something done here because half the, the biggest talking heads that we have in this country have no cognizance. Like I, I think there's I, I, I think a lot of them obviously suffer from lust for power, right? I mean that's of kind of you have you have to get in that. You have to have that to be in the position in the first place. Um, on the other hand, there is this notion, and sort of my dad did this until he was literally unable to do it anymore. Um, it's like, you know, working gives purpose to your life, you know, unless you have like hobbies or or anything. So I, I you know, it's not, not an excuse for Joe Biden. It's not an excuse for, uh, you know, um, Anyone else who is trying to exercise power with impaired cognition, but on the other hand, senators don't actually do anything. So, um, but they bring know. home a lot of bacon, and they get they have power, just not as far as where the government goes as much. And the other difference yeah. is senators don't live at home. You know, I can live at home and work till I'm a hundred years old. Right. These people yeah. haven't lived in their yeah. states in decades. Yeah. A lot of flying, which is which takes it out of you, um, especially going back and forth to California. Yeah, um, especially doing it in private jets. Sure is rough. <laughs> yeah, McConnell's no, only I, in Kentucky. It's not that far from D.C. Um, well, it depends. Geographically, not, but supposedly it's a different world. It's flyover country, right? Um, I don't know. Do, should we stay in that area and... Is there anybody buying the conspiracy theories about Rand Paul's office being burned to the ground? Are you guys following this story? I'm not. Well, I'm following the story, but I'm not following the conspiracy theories. What's what is the conspiracy? Well, I mean, obviously. Well, I mean, somebody tried him. to shoot him. 
somebody stabbed him in the middle of his yard. Right, and he just said somebody attacked him in Washington, D.C. And yeah. now somebody's burned down his office. I right. Mean, and he just said he's going to he sent referrals to DOJ about Fauci. It would, you know, he definitely makes himself a target. So obviously somebody's going to hypothesize something. I'm uh, sure. Yeah. But if you look at the where and the how and the why, there's a difference between an angry neighbor stabbing him in a yard and somebody from within the building burning down his office when there are 900 cameras in every corner of that building. Once well, is a tragedy. That, no, that camera is made by the same company as the Secret Service cameras, so they didn't work. Once is a tragedy, twice is a coincidence, three times is enemy action. And this is four times, so come <laughs> on. I mean, this again, is not... If this, were, if this were on the other side, Trump would have been there with the matches on his own, and they'd already have the proof. So... The governor of Kentucky happens to be a Democrat, so that's another reason why he's probably going to stick it out until 2024, um, Mitch, no matter what, whether he's in a coma or not. Um, you don't want uh, the governor to appoint another oh, Democrat. Oh, the governor appoints in Kentucky? They don't do the a governor appoints, election? No, the governor appoints uh, a replacement until a special election can be called, which the governor then decides when to call. So, I mean, I don't know what the actual law is in Kentucky about how soon it should be. But in a lot of cases, uh, it's not a special election at all. It's just a point and, and uh, goes through the next term. So yeah, we have uh, some of those, right? Now, for the historians among us here, this is not new. I mean, Wilson and other presidents have been in this kind of situation, I understand. FDR, Wilson, yeah. So totally impaired. Of course, they weren't on TV or it was easy, much more easily hidden from the public. But OK, um, the story I'm most interested, acutely most interested in, and I can't figure out what's going on. Hopefully somebody can. What happened in the plea bargain hearing today? Is anybody up on that? Hunter had his plea bargain hearing and the judge did accept it, but didn't accept it. Does anybody know what happened? Yeah, I, I do. What's no, that? I, I do, I do ahead, know Ed. what happened. Uh, they came in to do the plea bargain and, um, you know, judges uh, like everything tied up in a neat bow. And so uh, they had mentioned they had mentioned his his FARA violations as part of the tax scheme, you know, the fact that he was working as an agent for foreign power. And the judge asked the um, the prosecutor and the defense something along the lines of no cameras were allowed. Something along the lines of I, I don't see whether he gets immunity for the FARA uh violations that you talked about in here is that in here or not in here and the prosecution said it's not in here and the defense said it isn't here and that's what blew it up so the prosecution said no no we have an, a, a, an ongoing investigation for uh the farah the violation so then they went back and did a you know a huddle um and they well, there's came a little more to it, Ed. The, 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 that's all true, but what's really going on, what's what ordinarily the plea deal would close out all of the charges and would preempt any further charges against Hunter. Yeah. 
But the prosecute, but if they did that, then DOJ wouldn't be able to go before Congress and say we're not going to testify in an ongoing investigation because there wouldn't be an ongoing investigation. So the prosecution was trying to basically have it both ways, and the judge said, "No, you can't have it both ways." And if if you're going to say that there's an ongoing investigation, then we have to put it on the record that this only deals with the tax the the tax charges. And they and she asked the hunter's lawyers, "Is that your understanding?" And they said, "No. If that's the case, then there's no deal." And the prosecution said, "Yeah. If that's the case, then there's no deal." And the deal blew yeah. up. So it did blow up because the original story, as I read it, which is what confused me, is that it didn't. So that's pretty. You're pretty sure that's what happened. It's gone. The deal. What I read was they came back. Yeah, that's they have a deal. They have a deal, and it is a limited one, limited only to the charges in, um, you know, the, the tax and the gun charges, and that the, that the and it's not it's not immunity from everything. I mean, the forest stuff, you know, I don't know how federal law works. It's, it's not obvious, but FAR has a five-year um, uh, statute, statute of limitations. And so it's all outside of that, but sometimes it's like not, you know, when the, it's, you know, when they find out about the crime, not when they, uh, you know, committed the crime. I, I don't exactly know how that works, but um, but it's been more than five years since he was working for Burisma, and uh, it might be more than the China thing. But I mean, I hope I guess he's hoping that he just run out the clock on the China stuff. But with the new revelations, it's going to be hard. So one second. So we're really not agreeing on whether he accepted those minor sentences and that's over we're not agreeing is, is that what's happening here what do you, the last i uh, heard is it was limited that he agreed and it, and uh, they agreed that it was a limited uh, immunity only on those specific charges so adam is, is are you are you agreeing that the tax charges were finished with no i think the whole deal blew up I don't think that they. Yeah, this they is interesting. It. So where did everybody get their information? Because this is kind of what left me confused. Well, I'm I'm looking at the Fox article on this now. I mean, he pled not guilty to charges, um, and the judge was questioning the constitutionality of the whole deal. And then he was asking, okay. and he was also asking the, the prosecutors whether he was still going to uh, under investigation for other issues, and they basically kind of said. Kind of acknowledge that he 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 might be um, that this deal had nothing to do with any future charges he might face, so you wouldn't have immunity from that. So, I mean, now at this point, it looks like everything did blow up on him. What's the okay? I could be wrong. Question. Sorry. What is this constitutional question supposedly? I I don't know. I mean, it just kind of it it says that the judge questioned it. And that's basically all all it really says. I'm not I'm not sure what the grounds are beyond that. I also saw something and I don't remember all the details, but the apparently Hunter's lawyers imp tried to impersonate some Republican members of Congress to get something redacted from from a document that's in the docket. 
And the judge found out about it and got pissed off and she's threatening to sanction them and report them to the bar. My understanding um, was they represented themselves as the other side, not Congress. That's what I thought. Oh, as the other side? So Maybe. They, I, I think I don't, the sure judge to believe. And of course, they're denying it. That's a pretty bad thing, though. I mean, Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, but aside from the impersonation piece, is that not the same crime if that's how they obtain the evidence? That's definitely a sanctionable offense, by my understanding, either way. Is what a sanctionable offense? Impersonating they, another attorney? Yeah. Of course. Or even just misrepresenting themselves as anybody else in order right. to obtain evidence. Well, not, and not only that, but I mean, it's a sanctionable offense and it's reportable to the bar. They would, assuming they do. Uh-oh. Who froze? So, I guess. So let me just jump in real quick. So just a. Ed, you're frozen. Okay. Just to correct myself a little bit. The, the article specifically says that the judge questioned the constitutionality, specifically the diversion clause in the immunity Hunter, Hunter Biden would receive. So that's what was at issue there. Can you explain what you're saying? Because uh, listen, this is where Ed is better than I am. I'm not a lawyer. So whatever whatever arrangement that they had, clearly the judge is, is saying, wait a second, you know, okay. this, this might not be kosher. So Ed's computer had either a TIA or an absence seizure. Is that what we're they conned out? They conned out. Ed, we hope to get you back right away. This is in itself fascinating that, I mean, the court day is over and we're still not 100% clear what happened. Now, my understanding is most people on the right wanted the plea bargain trashed, right? Yeah, we want them whole. Well, two to felonies, <laughs> that, that seems, two two felonies get off with the slap on the wrist, that, that does seem, uh, and, the, yeah. and the gun charge is a felony too. So. Right. Uh, my understanding of that gun charge is it's a minimum of 10 years if he's convicted. Yeah, yeah until he, until but I mean, we did, we're definitely sick of this business of going to Congress and saying we can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Does anybody I know Ed M is not here, but you constitutional scholars, where in the Constitution does it say that? Because I've never. Seen well, they don't want to prejudice the jury. That's that's all it means. Of course, they could talk about it, but they I am they, so sick of that. Yeah, and they, they think if they talk about it, it'll prejudice the jury. And that's that's it, basically. There's no real... Everything else that they do, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I mean, like what they talked about the January 6th people. Yeah. Just for fun here, oh. since you brought it up, now you got me thinking, and it's, I'm relatively sure it would be truly unprecedented, but in a world where Hunter Biden goes to jail, to what extent would it be legal and or legally challengeable if his own father, the president, pardoned him? No, he can pardon. Well, it. That's my understanding. He totally as a president, pardon. but I is that is there any legal mechanism by which to challenge a presidential pardon, given that it's obviously biased? Because I don't dead. think so, Ed. It's absolutely one hundred percent impeachment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't stop the pardon. You can impeach him, but you still can't stop the pardon. So that's interesting. The question, though, the real question, enough to pull that card if it came to it. Well, the, some people are saying that depends on whether he's going to be run or not. Some I'm sure as a lame duck, he'll do whatever. But one of the enticements supposedly to get Biden not to run for president again is after the election, he could pardon his son and there's really not going to be any horrible repercussions. My understanding is the constitutional question is, can the president pardon himself? Correct. Sure. Why not? And. 
I don't see why. I mean, by the same rule, if there's not anything written into mm -hmm. that pardoning clause limiting it in some way, then sure. I mean, it, it's a plenary power the president has, and it goes back to, you know, the kings of England. Sure. I mean, again, they can be impeached. For doing thrown it. Out of office. No, but I mean, the difference with the president trying to pardon himself is that it would it would violate due process and put him above the law. And I'm not sure that he's above the law. So that, that would be on the other side. The Supreme Court, supposedly. What? I, supposedly, that would have to be decided by a Supreme Court, I would assume. Well, he'd have to be charged, prosecuted, and then he'd have to move to dismiss the charges on the basis of a, of a pardon. And yes, then it would have to ultimately make it to the Supreme Court because there's going to be no precedent on but that. But I thought they have these one. blanket pardons. Don't we have these blanket pardons? Anything you will be charged with? No, the pardon. Are you still there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I got kicked off. A Democrat must have got control of my computer earlier. So I thought I had lost you again. Now, we thought uh, your computer had an absence seizure. Yes, maybe McConnell heard me talking about him. The McConnell um, virus. <laughs> don't you border um, Kentucky where you are? Uh, no, we're okay. close, but uh, okay. we border Tennessee. Um, no, you can't just offer a blanket part. Well, you you know, it, it has to be specific. It, the the blanket has to be specific. I mean, it has to say you know, it, you can't just say I'm going to pardon anyone who violated such and such a statute. You have to say. I'm going to pardon Ed Maslish. Car Carter did that with draft draft dodgers. Carter pardoned all the draft dodgers and nobody questioned it. Hmm. I mean, I agree with you. It should be specific people for specific crimes. That's what it should be. But Carter said all of the draft dodgers are pardoned. And I guess they were. Well, how would I mean, the only way to challenge it would be for, for some prosecutor to have prosecuted. And nobody wanted to prosecute the draft dodgers anyway. So, and that's yeah. what I was saying about you know the president pardoning himself. The way it would the way to be it would be challenged would be some prosecutor, you know, some Alvin Bragg type, but a Republican stripe would have to charge Joe Biden, and and try and prosecute him. And then Biden's attorneys would have to make the the motion that the pardon was valid, and. There's going to be no precedent, so some lower court judge would make the initial ruling. It would get appealed to the circuit court. Circuit court would issue its opinion, and it would make it to the Supreme Court. No question. Wow. And then we can become a banana republic like a certain small Middle Eastern country that's been going through. Uh... The Supreme Court of Israel is supposedly going to meet to decide if it was legal slash constitutional with no constitution to take away their unconstitutional power to say something's unreasonable reasonable they're going to see whether it was reasonable right. to remove their, right. remove their power to be reasonable but they're going to be careful in doing it they're saying I, I i'm embarrassed as an israeli citizen to even think about this we're getting to the point and what i don't understand i don't want to veer off too much to israel in a country where there's a no confidence vote the idea that any government can be fascistic and become a monarchy and totalitarian is absurd. But the press doesn't ever say that. So when Biden mixes into their business, he says, I'm afraid what this means to the country, there's no um, 
no reins, nothing to hold them back. Yes, there is. There's a no confidence vote. Well, worse than that. On the other hand, if you on, just look on at the other hand, it, the Supreme Court go. The Supreme Court overrules okay. this vote of the Knesset. Then what's left? You got to go and arrest all the Supreme Court. I mean that it's violence. I mean it's violence one side or, or another. So I I don't know what else we can do. I just think you know it's it's interesting that the the opponents of this reform are saying that it's anti-democratic and that it's fascistic, but they're the ones who are engaging in fascism. I mean the Knesset passed a law, right? I mean that's what democracy is. They don't like the law, so what are they doing? They're they're turning into a mob. They're acting like a mob. They're asking for the law to be disregarded. They're 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 the ones who are trying to subvert democracy. They're the ones who are not respecting the rule of law. I mean, the rule of law says, okay, vote, for, you know, call a no confidence vote. Call, you know, have you know, call for new elections or or wait for the new election and put new people in and change the law. Mike, I got to so remember what you. Once I want to ask Mike a question as Joe voter. I'm picking on you because you're not Israeli. You're not a lawyer. Um, do you know that Israel can collapse its government on any given day? Would you know that as an American voter? No. So I think the press is very sleekly lying, as always, and presenting this as a dictatorship and forgetting to mention that it's so easy to collapse a government if they get out of hand. It's not like our country where there's nothing you can do for four years except for impeachment. And I think that's just another way in which the press lies. And Obviously, it's disgusting to me that Biden is literally mixing in so badly. I think <laughs> the, the use yeah, of Biden does what the media, what the media says, democracy is not what you and I think of democracy. It's not what the Athenians have. It's not what the American Republic uh, from, uh, you know, de Tocqueville had. It's not what the English have. It's it's essentially rule by um by judges and technocrats that's democracy and if the people do anything that the technocrats or the judges don't like then it's democracy to overrule the people uh, and institute uh their things that's the, democracy. The, the democracy is they win and we lose that's democracy. Yeah, no i mean democracy is uh <laughs> is um you know the science democracy is uh you know uh, the courts, except for rogue MAGA courts. Have you heard that rogue MAGA court? It's an, it's not a normal court. And it's not a normal court. It's a rogue MAGA court. And mm -hmm. and democracy, you know, is um, the international rules based order. And democracy is uh, um, censorship of uh, opposing viewpoints. That's democracy. That's what they mean by it. When they say democracy, that's what they mean by it. And so, yes, I think that's what democracy is. Then everything Netanyahu has done is anti-democratic. Is it anti-democratic to try to censor JFK Jr. or RFK Jr. At, at a, a hearing about censorship? Oh, yes, that's definitely democracy. A hundred percent democracy. And Emma, are you with us? McConnell is still taking over my computer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay.
Yeah. Um, speaking of democracy in courts, so we you got Biden suing Texas in court over putting some kind of buoys or balloons in the river. So basically, it's democracy voting to protect Texas's border, and we're going to get a non-democratic court. And I get it because the federal government supposedly controls international borders and stuff. And the last story I saw was that Abbott actually said he he's going to defy the government here, which to me is quite interesting. And yeah, he doesn't care with what the feds say. And he's he seemed pretty him. explicit about that, too. He, yeah, until some Hawaiian judge tells him to uh, take it down, and then he'll say, yeah, no. Well, that's what he wants. That's what we want to see is him saying no to some Hawaiian judge that rules. I'm glad them. he's at least saying no to any Fed. <clears throat> yeah. Which for him is already something for the years he's been playing around with this. Maybe, but the, over the last year, I will give him a lot of the credit. When he first threatened the buses, I didn't think that would happen. And he has been shuttling buses and buses and buses to the point where New York City, among others, is crying uncle, and he's still sending more buses. So big A plus for that. I actually love what he did with the river. I don't know why nobody did it a long time ago. It's a really simple, elegant solution. It's totally safe. How does it block them? It doesn't look like they can't climb. There's, there's, a, there's a fencing underneath those buoys, some kind of a netting or a fencing underneath the buoys. So you can't just swim under the buoy. Why can't you go over them? Because they're giant balls, so they're pretty difficult to climb out of the water. Okay. Now, supposedly some pregnant lady just lost her kid or died or something. So here's kind of how I see it. This is a really simple solution. Um, if you build a moat around your castle and then somebody lynches themselves into the moat and dies, maybe they shouldn't break into your damn castle. However, if they don't jump off the cliff into your moat, nothing happens to them. Every single thing, because the biggest complaint is that it's not safe and they're going to drown and you're going to block the fish, blah, blah, blah. The Rio Grande is not that big, and where it's big enough for the fish to be happy, they're plenty okay swimming on either side of that fence. I promise you're not going to get a fish Romeo and Juliet where they're touching fins across a chain link and crying that they can't be together. The fish are fine. Everything in the Rio is fine. And frankly, anybody who drowns probably shouldn't have tried to swim under through a fence. Ouch. Great. That's probably not the law, though, unfortunately. Whatever the law means. Maybe, but show me where there's a law that says that you're not allowed to protect the fence. And in fact, I would even go further, and I don't know the nuance here. I'm assuming there is something on paper. But yes, while it is the federal government's business to protect federal borders, is it not Texas's business to defend Texas's borders? Yeah. It is. Isn't the constitutional fight that they can only protect borders against invasions? This well, is, is an invasion. An invasion? Well, who, an gets, invasion. who gets to say? I would say that the people who are stuck with all of the enormous increase in crime in Texas border towns can say, here are people who showed up yesterday without any legal claim to showing up yesterday and then committed a violent crime. If that doesn't define I, invasion, then the Huns I, I didn't invade anybody either. Texas government has to declare that it's an invasion and then it, they, they are allowed 10. to defend themselves. Article yeah. 1, Section 10 says that if the governor declares an invasion then they can defend themselves done yeah. so why doesn't an invasion declare an invasion because uh, they're pussies what's the downside of saying <laughs> it's an invasion why doesn't he just do that 
then he'd have to do something. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> you know, ladies, now that I'm thinking about it, you're way out there in the middle of nowhere. I'm assuming there's lots of land on those islands. Maybe that's the solution is put them all on a barge and they can all move to Alaskan islands. They're probably welcome to have this island. I don't think anybody would last out here very long. Hey, they have internet, don't they? Uh, yeah, God bless Starlink. I have better internet than almost certainly all of you right now. My internet's amazing. But these islands are harsh enough that somehow uh, there were Aleut people living out here for millennia, it seems. And from what I gather, at least on this particular island, around the 18th century when Russian fur trappers were moving their way through this whole region, here, less furs, more seals. Uh, maybe whales also, but for sure seals, they were coming out here for those. And they eventually just wiped out all the native people and took some of them back to Russia. But when Russia invades land, and it's so uninviting that even Russians don't stay there, there's probably a reason it's empty. I assume the wind is pretty bad. We've actually been pretty lucky, but evidently it does get very, very bad. We've had days of 30s, but from what I gather, there are times it's absolutely horrific. Even right. in July. Saying it's not and a it, solution. Permanently, we live in a cloud. It's, I have yet to see the sun even through a cloud a single time in 10 days. Wow. So, so you're a solution for the mayor of New York to send people there because you know, he thinks New York can handle a few thousand, which, again, the fact that they're sending him here, I think, is lovely. It's brilliant because New York is freaking out of its mind. I think it's super funny because New York realistically probably had at least half a million um, illegal people there anyway, if not a greater number than that. I mean, I know that I worked in an ambulance on the streets of New York for approximately five years. And one of the most common answers I got so hola, como se llama? Was no tengo papeles, and that's that's a real thing. So I don't think that was their name. They could have just all been from one big family. Maybe it's a Cuban name because all those names seem like they were just picked off a tree. But yeah, that was a very very common thing we ran into, and it would even be a fight where people were so stuck on I'm not giving you anything that I'm like it's cool you're having a heart attack. Just give me a first name so I can do anything here. I'm not. I'm not. Border Patrol, and let me take care of your heart attack. But that was a very, very common answer. Very. God, Lord knows how many people are illegal in New York City prior to all this busing out of Texas, but it was a gargantuan number. And it's ironic to me how prior to all these buses being sent up, their New York City solution to this was let's give them driver's licenses. Well, once Abbott is sending there, oh my God, we're all overwhelmed calling the National Guard. That's hierarchy, not hypocrisy. Okay. You know, they were going to put um, immigrants in the hotel, I forget the name, on Northern and Cross Island. You know what I mean? Northern and Cross and Island. And there's a small Oh, hotel. yeah, yeah, another one, the one on the corner. Yeah, and they and they, they beat it back, but that's the, the not-in-my-backyard syndrome of the... Of course they beat it back, the because Bayside has some money, and so does the other side of the Cross Island. Right. And the liberals in New York will never take immigrants in close to their homes. So, of course not. Look, everybody in Los Angeles has voted the same way for decades. But when their tents are on their street, they are freaking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I know we've, I think it was on this show that we said that the left always backs down when they're fought. So the thing with Farage in England is seemingly the bank that debanked him is apologizing. They fired one of the heads or something. It seems like that was a victory. For, it's not yet a victory. He doesn't have his bank account back. Doesn't? Uh, I thought they invited him back. Like 10 other banks. The, the CEO was fired for speaking about a specific customer to the news media. That, which filed, um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is good because obviously Nigel Farage is one of the most effective politicians in the last 20 years. And uh, and because of that, he, he was debanked. And I think if it if it scares enough MPs to vote in a law that you can't debank someone over politics, um, it might improve our chances of getting a similar law here in the United States. Um, banks aren't private corporations and they have no right to discriminate against anyone um, based on their politics or any other reason. They are arms of the state, every single one of them. and uh, they should be uh, held to the highest standards of non-discrimination of any other aspect of the state. Well, I, I think that's why it's an important story because things cross the, the pond a lot. But I mean, none of us know anybody specifically, personally, that's been debanked, I assume. Not yet. Well, we've heard of people. people. Right, famous people, but nobody, the average Joe doing a podcast hasn't yet been debanked. Um, well, did they uh, these assets in Canada over that trucker stuff the other year. I mean, we're not far yeah. from them. right. No, you're right. That's a good point. And their, their accounts were frozen, right? I, I, Lauren Southern, who is a friend of mine, she was, uh, her bank was turned off. I think. I think she said that. And now she got another bank. She wasn't like barraged in all banks, but yeah. I mean, um, Jared Taylor, the uh, the sort of right wing uh, white advocate, he he can't find a bank to save his life uh who uh, he lives in this area i haven't ever met him um uh of course nick fuentes who is a you know i'm not a nick fuentes fan but he's been debanked he's been put on the no-fly list he's you know um who else has been debanked that i've heard of uh there there have you know the j6ers have been debanked I've heard of some of the J6ers being debanked. Um, now, Fuentes was debanked just because he's an anti-Semite or for some other reason? Yeah, he certainly has said a number of anti-Semitic things. Um, I, I don't know. That probably is it. I, I mean, I I'm only know. asking because I'm, you know, I want to give RFK Jr. a place to put his money now if, if they're doing <laughs> anti-Semites. Uh, well, I don't think RFK Jr. is anti-Semitic. I don't we discussed think so last at all. And, you know, we mentioned it last week, what they're trying to pin on him. And again, you get, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who all of a sudden remembers that she has a Jewish name and she rips into him for being anti-Semitic. I don't think, I don't know his history, but I don't think anything he said there was anti-Semitic. And I don't know why he should, you know, favor one ethnicity or religion over any other, just from the little bit I know about him. But again, that's scary. And you have Kennedys coming out against Kennedy. Now, we're kind of old. I mean, Mike, I think you're the youngest. No, Laser, you're the youngest here, obviously, today. No, Mike's definitely the youngest here. But sure. um, <laughs> usually Mike's the youngest. 
when I grew up, Kennedy was literally royalty, and nobody yeah. would say anything against a Kennedy. And the fact that that some of that veneer has kind of faded, and they're willing to come out against Bobby. Bobby Kennedy was a god. And the fact that they're willing to speak against him is that passage of time where he's just crossed a certain line. Well, it comes down to the conspiracy theories, right? I mean, uh, you know, I think the um, RFK Jr. has said a number of things that go against the the narrative. One, that his father and uncle were probably killed by the CIA or in concert with the CIA. And the second uh, uh, is that these big corporations are are poisoning uh, the you know rivers, lakes, and rivers, which he spent a lot of time working on, um, uh, especially with plastics. And and I guess the third is that he's looked into uh, vaccines and finds that mm-hmm. some of them are not safe nor effective. And those three things are are all third rails uh, mm-hmm. according to the narrative. And uh, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I've now looked into a lot of the data on the vaccines, and it is horrifying. I don't know what to say. Horrifying. So uh, not all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, The interesting thing is the flu vaccine uh, is perfectly safe. doesn't do anything. It makes Perfect. them a lot of money. What do you mean it doesn't do anything? Yeah, yeah, it makes them a lot of money, right? Twenty dollars a shot or whatever. But, uh, yeah, but it, it's safe. Um, I think it's. I think their the reaction to Bobby Kennedy is right in line with what we should expect. Everything for the left is about ideology. That's why it doesn't matter if you're a black man or you're a woman or you're queer or whatever. I mean, if you have a gay person. Uh oh. Again, he's freezing. Arnold again. That's going to be our new verb on the show, huh? <laughs> McConnell, yes. <laughs> the funny thing, he does look just like McConnell right now. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that about my worst enemy. Definitely about <laughs> one of one of my esteemed mentors. Yeah. So, Ed, well, p- picking got, up yeah. on what what Ed was saying, I think he's absolutely right. I mean. Uh, it is about ideology. It's about challenging the narrative. It's about speaking truth to power, and you become a target. But Kennedy named, I think, thirty years ago. Him. I don't think they would have gone against the Kennedy name thirty years ago. They would have been quieter about it. I think it's a passing of a torch in yeah. this sense. I, I I agree. I mean, obviously, time is going to be a factor in all that, right? Right. And we're we're, a lot of we're over fifty fifty years gone since RFK was assassinated long time right and even ted kennedy's gone a while because he was the lion of the senate yeah and they were willing to overlook pretty much anything he did no and i think l y i n apostrophe of the yeah. senate. but but the only i got cut off again and thrown off but we ted know. kennedy's a great example all the things where he went off the reservation had nothing to do with ideology Ideolo- ideologically he always voted the right way yeah that's their litmus test if you vote the right way, they'll forgive anything. If you vote the wrong way, they won't forgive anything. That's that's where they are. RFK Jr. is not going to get away with any chapaquitic if it happens tomorrow. That's for sure. And maybe it's a good thing because they've pierced that. 
the Kennedy name is no longer untouchable. Which is probably it was ever untouchable. I don't that's my point. I don't think any name is untouchable if you cross the line of violating their ideological strictures. I think the Democratic Party has gone through two shifts from the Kennedy era. The first was the Clinton shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clinton, I mean, for all his problems, whatever. But this, you know, the Democratic centrist going after big business money. Um, Republicans used to be the party of big business. He specifically said, we're not going to, you know, go crazy on big business. We're not going to socialize things. We're going to be your friend. And uh, that was one thing. And that got the big that got the businesses to be sort of Republicans and Democrats. And then the second shift was Obama and his shift was uh, the the racial angle that everything is, you know, that American society is fundamentally racist. But he still got the money from the big business, but he had the race hustler aspect. to it. So now we've got the Democratic Party is not the party of John F. Kennedy or Robert F. Kennedy. It's the party of uh, big business and race hustling. Um, And I think that uh, someone like RFK Jr., who has fought big business his entire life and who is the last person I would expect to be engaged in race hustling, just doesn't really have a, a, a place in the modern Democratic Party. And that's why former Republicans like myself are looking at him seriously. Um, And, and I think a lot of Republicans are too. Yeah. I mean, he he obviously, he doesn't have a place in terms of being with the establishment of that party, but the base of the party, I think still is very anti big business in a lot of ways. In some ways they're not. In some ways they'll, they'll use it when they want to use it to push their wokeism and a lot of other stuff. And, but, I, you know, I've, I've personally seen this with liberals I've come across. Is they they don't they still don't like big business. They don't they don't see the connection between the corporatist connection, right, between government and, and big business in some ways. They'd rather just blame big business than the politician. But I think a lot of them still do harbor animosity, um, you know, when it comes to a lot of big corporations. So besides making RFK into an anti-Semite, now they've got DeSantis totally boxed in as an avowed KKK racist like uh, Robert Byrd. Um, <laughs> I assume most of us agree that this is taken unbelievably wildly out of context and they found it with a microscope and they're going to blow it up to as far as they look when when someone calls you a racist or a white supremacist or an anti-semite which are the the current terms of shutting people up um what ayn rand uh used to call uh the argument from intimidation um the proper response is yeah whatever don't defend yourself don't say oh i have black friends or and all that just yeah whatever just dismiss it out of hand and until people like RFK or DeSantis or anybody else. This is what Trump did perfectly. So, eh, whatever. You know, that's the only way to respond to these things. It's, it's so stupid. Anybody else want to comment on that curriculum issue in Florida? The slavery stuff? 
it's it's ridiculous. They, uh, I, you know, I think slavery had a uh, has a sort of major role in the initial uh, part of the United States and should be taught, but they don't. History is really about what has been written down. I mean, there's some archaeological stuff that you can you can get, but if no one wrote anything down, then there's nothing to know about something. So, I mean, if you're going to do slavery in history, you have to read Frederick Douglass. He's a slave who wrote stuff down. Read him. Or you have to read, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, brain not functioning. Um, some of the other slave memoirs. There are, there are actual films of slaves that were filmed in like the 1920s. They're very old and they talk about slavery. This is, this is some of the stuff that you should, that you should be showing to kids. What they actually show to kids is this bizarre sort of third generation distillation of, mm -hmm. of, crap in these social studies textbooks that have absolutely no relation to reality because they're so far removed from anything and they're written you know the 12th grader book is written for fifth graders and all that stuff yeah. when kids should be reading frederick Douglass, they should be reading or, or listening to these firsthand accounts if they want to learn about slavery you can actually go on the yeah. internet and see slaves. If they're actually oh. edu educated on the reality and the facts of what happened, then they can't have their useful idiots yeah. in order to promulgate their, their whole race hustling stuff. I mean, like, I know. I think it's just so interesting. If, did, they're not interested you, in the truth. Are you aware of the Gutfeld controversy? No, I'm not. Yeah. So uh, Gutfeld, they were arguing, I think the liberal on Gutfeld was arguing with him about there's absolutely no excuse. And there's nothing at all that could be learned from slavery, just like there's nothing at all positive can come out of the Holocaust. And he came back with Viktor Frankl. And that something positive could be learned or called or, or whatnot. And now apparently they're all, again, trying to sink him for saying that. I tend to think all of this is a little bit nuanced and even from the absolute darkest, darkest, darkest things, there can be little flickers of light. Not that you want to go through the darker things to get a flicker of light. But there can I'll go way further. I'll say anybody who says that you can't find anything in that is an absolute schmuck. Forget a flicker of light. There's a bonfire. There's a, a supernova worth of stuff that comes out of anything horrible on that scale that winds up being positive on a forever scale. Here's one. Due to some things that happened after 1945, we haven't had a war that's killed 65 million people, which if you go back throughout history, we don't usually make it 100 years without a gigantic war that takes over the better part of a continent. Spin back on any continent you want. We blitzkrieg North America. And you know who did it before us? The Spanish swept in and did that to South America. And if you go to Europe or if you go to Africa, this happens all the time. You know, we've awarded, we've awarded a continent-wide gargantuan war for 80 years don't tell me no light comes out of war that's absolute stupidity anybody says that's well, not war but the holocaust so you can have the war without the holocaust positive things come out of everything i had this conversation with a student of mine 
uh, almost a year ago how nothing is pure. Nothing on the planet is pure. Mm-hmm. The best thing ever has a downside, and the darkest cloud has a silver lining. Nothing is pure. What exactly did DeSantis do in Florida that they're calling him? Uh, Here's what DeSantis the did curri- in Florida. Is their new curriculum, which my understanding, if I recall correctly, is 191 different points on how to teach this piece of history. Yeah. Well, exactly one of those points states that some of the slaves learned skills that were helpful and they were able to use to their benefit in life. And Kamala Harris, God bless her soul, went ahead and declared that they are teaching in the state of Florida that slavery was awesome and gave black <laughs> folks skills. That's the claim. Yeah. Never mind that there's a black PhD on the board of 12 or 13 people. It, it, it's right up there with don't say come out gay. And explicitly blasted Kamala Harris and stated that on record that she is a liar. And well, Walter she, Williams made the point many, many times that while slavery, it was evil, black Americans should thank God that their ancestors were brought to the United States because they have it better here than any other sub-Saharan African uh, anywhere in the world. Now, I don't know how Walter, you could possibly say that. The life of LeBron James and Michael Jordan looks exactly like most of the people in Swaziland. Yeah, exactly. I am quoting well, Walter Williams. You Walter can go Williams find was a noted white supremacist. Yeah. Right, right. He was. You're going to have us. Uh, seg- we're going to segue into LeBron's son there now. But. I got to tell you one thing. I once wrote Walter Williams because I adored Walter Williams. Mm. I actually once sent him an email and he actually responded, which blew my mind. Nice. I was actually in the same room as him. For, really? Uh, I thought he was one of the greatest really? and just soft-spoken yeah. and brilliant. I, he was one of my absolute heroes. I was at a, he did say that. The Reason Foundation event in the city one time, and he was he was there, and he actually spoke. So. Did you get to meet him? I I did not get to like actually meet him or talk to him though. Yeah. Yeah, he's a hero. I always he's wanted him to be my grandfather, and I liked my grandfathers, but I wanted him to be my grandfather. Along with Thomas Sowell and Clarence Thomas, the three wise men. I just felt Walter Williams was more grandfatherly. I like. I read his his autobiography is fantastic. By the way, if you haven't read Walter Williams' autobiography, I mean, um, it's short, but it's just wonderful. Yeah, and he he was on the board of Americans for Prosperity Foundation, so I believe. Okay, so somebody wanted to bring up LeBron James's son, Alu. Is that birthday, Mike? Thank you. There you go. Thank you. We said that, but good. Thanks for chiming in. <laughs> yeah. So um, there are a few more coincidences with LeBron James' son tragically going into cardiac arrest, meaning heart stopping, meaning he died. Now he was brought back to life. Um, I assume with CPR and, and stuff, but he apparently went into cardiac arrest, and it's all over. It just seems to be pretty confirmed at this point. Um, so. There was that, another coincidence, um, Mitch McConnell had a coincidence where he had either an absolute seizure or a stroke. He pretty much went blank and stopped talking yeah. in the middle of right, the presser. That was the beginning of the show. Yeah. You missed it. Yeah. That was the, the number one story of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mitch McConnell and stroke were both trending on Twitter earlier this afternoon. So definitely a big story. Um, and there were a few more coincidences. I heard some like Tori Kelly or something, some like 30-year-old Grammy winner or something also had some kind of coincidence. I forget what it was. Um, and yeah, a lot of myocarditis, I'm sure it's all coincidences, so I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. 
Alu, can I ask you, since you're on and you're in New yep. Hampshire, to give us a quick overview of what's going on with the governorship there, pretending nobody knows anything? Sure. I'll tell you the basics of what's going on um, in New Hampshire. Everyone, including the governor, is up for re-election every two years. Um, Chris Sununu, who I call Dictator Sununu, who was, you know, relatively conservatarian, moderate here, there, whatever, libertarian. Um, he, during Corona fascism, made himself dictator, shut down the state legislature for 16 months, so almost a year and a half, and, and uh, just ruled by fiat with like 86 executive orders for, for a while, um, and he went full tyrant. Anyway, he's not running for re-election, so that leaves the door open. Chuck Morris, right away, the day he announced, or the next day he announced he was going to run for president, he was the Senate president for like 10, 15 years, so he's been in politics here for like uh, 20, 25, 30 years total. Chuck Morris, um, kind of like a Jeb Bush kind of guy as far as the um, energy and his overall attitude. Um, probably likes liberty a little more, or at least he professes to be pro-liberty, but whatever. Uh, pretty much establishment kind of guy in the New Hampshire Senate, leader for a while. Um, he ran for U.S. Senate and lost a very close race to Don Bulldog in the primary um, uh, two years ago, I suppose. He's running for governor. Um, Sununu did not endorse him, which I would have thought he would because I guess they were close, but he endorsed Kelly Ayotte, who also announced he's running for governor right after Sununu announced he wouldn't. So Sununu, Sununu endorsed Kelly Ayotte. She was the U.S. Senator from New Hampshire from, I believe, 2010 to 2016 when she lost a primary uh, or she lost general election, um, possibly because Aaron Day, who's a, a pro-liberty free stater, ran as an independent to get her out because he told her numerous times because he knew her. He told her if she keeps supporting leftist Obamacare type stuff, um, that then he would get rid of her. And she lost. And then we got uh, Maggie Hassan, I believe. So um, she's Rhino establishment, obviously, now that she was in the, the U.S. Senate in D.C. for six years. She's really part of the swamp. And um, she has the big donors lined up already. She's got a lot of money in the bank, I believe. And Mitch McConnell's PAC is supporting her, I believe. So Nunu endorsed her. So it seems like a lot of people already believe, even though the primary is a year away, that it's a foregone conclusion she's going to win. And um, no one else has announced yet, I don't think, but Frank Kettleflew, um, everyone believes there's a good, decent chance Holt throws out the ring. He's the Liberty Conservative who homeschooled all seven of his kids, and he's, you know, pretty Christian, conservative, pro-liberty, I believe, and um, he was the grassroots-supported grassroots conservative liberty candidate in 2016 when uh, Sununu first won the governorship in a primary. He barely won, like, 900 votes against Edelblue, even though Sununu, obviously, him and his dad have been the dynasty owning New Hampshire um, for a long time. His dad was governor for a while. Um, and the Bush chief of staff of the White House under Bush. So Sununu with the name recognition, the money and everything barely beat, beat Edel Blue by less than a thousand votes in the primary. So he, anyway, he made Edel Blue his, his commissioner of education where he's been for the last six years. And he's done incredibly well being the most pro-education, freedom, education choice um, commissioner I'm sure we've ever had because he's a really, really good liberty guy. He homeschooled all seven of his kids. So he's a really, really good guy. The liberty community likes him a lot. He's pretty much an honorary free stater. So if he throws that is at the ring, the conservatives will support him. But very unfortunately, former free stater, pro-liberty, self-proclaimed libertarian Jason Osborne, who became the uh, House Majority Leader, um, endorsed Kelly Ayotte. Who knows why, but he's I pr pretty much at this point lost all of his, his liberty street cred. So um, when I say you're not a real libertarian with him, I actually mean it. Um, so he's made a lot of big issues helping Sununu and going on, on ABC's affiliate WMUR saying we love Sununu. Um, so yeah, it, I heard he endorsed Ayat, and that's really unfortunate. But everyone else that I know is support is supporting Edel Blue if he runs, and if he doesn't run, we'll support someone else. But 
definitely not Ayat and definitely not Chuck Morris. But what's sad is it seems like it's likely going to come down again to dynasty and machine politician. Yep. Um, again, it could be Kelly Ayat right now. It's obviously Vegas money odds are on Ayat. But um, I, I would never say never because I said never with Trump in 2016. So we said that before. And um, if Blue almost beat Sununu, I think Blue could beat Ayat, who doesn't have Sununu's name. And Blue now has um, like six years of experience as the commissioner of education where he's been the hero for the school choice community in New Hampshire, which is the biggest of any state in the world, I believe, as far as school choice. We have the most homeschoolers, obviously, with corona fascism and CRT and the sexualization stuff. Um, government education enrollment has been plummeting for years now in New Hampshire, every year. So so a lot of people consider uh, Blue a big hero now to the education freedom movement. Um, so people know me now, and I think he can do you know better against Ayat than he did against Sununu in a primary, and he almost won that one. So I wouldn't despair. And then, you know, the, the final hope would be that even if Kelly Ayat wins, she has to give some, you know, concessions, compromises, promises to the liberty movement. Um, she's already keeps saying her campaign slogan is is uh, protect, I think, fr- freedom and prosperity and liberty or something. Um, like prosperity and liberty is like her campaign slogan. I'm sure Osborne and others told her to do that. Um, but again, it's all words. And even if she made promises to like do certain things, she's saying, oh, you know, I want to stop Hampshire from becoming Massachusetts. You know, I don't believe it. There's no reason that I should believe anything she says. And on a national level, I guess the interesting part of the story is Sununu not running for president. Yeah, I think that's one of the big stories. Um, pretty much everyone was 100% sure he was running for president. Um, also, two years ago, he was very much running for U.S. Senate. Some people have told me that their sources say he was running for U.S. Senate. Obviously, McConnell was very happy because he was one of the few guys or seen as the only guy that could win the New Hampshire seat back from Maggie Hassan and Eugene Shaheen, and at the last second he pulled out, and McConnell was fuming from what I heard, because he knew he, he wouldn't be able to win that, and Balduck did not win. He lost by like 10 points to uh, Maggie Hassan, I believe. So, um, yeah, the story of him not running for U.S. Senate or president is a little surprising. He said he's not running again for governor for a fifth term because he, uh, he was governor for eight years, I guess. I, I think I said six, so four, four uh, two-year terms. He said he doesn't run again because he wants to spend time with family. Apparently, I've heard that he resents his father a lot for moving them to D.C., when he was the same age that his kids are now, like 10 or 15 years old or whatever, his dad forced them all to move to D.C. when he was chief of staff to Bush, and he still resents him for that. So maybe he really is being sincere, and he really doesn't want to you know, mess with his kids' lives as far as moving them to D.C. now, and he wants to spend more time with them and not even be governor for a while. Maybe he has other plans for more private or public sector corruption. I don't know. Uh, he's very involved in Palestinian stuff, China, WEF, him, his brother, dad, whatever, World Economic Forum, other stuff. He deals with big pharma. He's involved with um, Lanza, which is Moderna, I believe. So he's, you know, he's involved in a whole lot of business stuff and the uh, um, what's it called, Valley Ski Resort. Um, so he's involved in, in the, the the Waterville Valley Ski Resort. He ran or owned or whatever before he was governor. So he's involved in that stuff too. So he has private interests too. So who knows what he's doing? Maybe he wants to have a family. I don't know. Um, but but yeah, the, a big story is that he's not running for for uh, president or senate. That's a big story for sure. I mean, to me, people think the Senate seat could be won by a Republican. Well, the Democrats always win. Again, it's weird. We, Republicans win the governorship. Sununu's won it by like 20, 30 points. But also, also statewide, same exact voters, they cross the ballot to vote for Democrat for U.S. Senate by 10 to 15 points. So it's very interesting. But yeah, Sununu, you know, most likely is the only Republican that can get enough independence, whatever the reason is. Um, he can get enough independence to win a Senate seat for sure. I mean, 
if you want a statewide race as governor, we you would think you could win a statewide race as, as senator. That's why. Could you tell us respect. has there what what has been the fallout from Dobbs in New Hampshire? Well, what happened is that we had a bloodbath in 2022. 20, 2020. What year is it? Yeah, 2022. We, we all thought um, Republicans would extend our majorities and have tremendous majorities in the House and Senate because of inflation. But overall, because of abortion, we we all, including me, overestimated how much people care about inflation. Like it was bad. This is right when it was like eight percent officially per year per month. Uh, sorry, per year. And really 10, 15, 20 percent per year. But they were saying eight point five percent or nine point one. We overestimated that. People didn't care that much, even though the grocery, you know, the bills were crazy, gas was crazy. And we underestimated abortion. We thought people cared a lot, but they cared a lot more than we thought. We saw the, the Democrats obviously did a very good job with the ground game here, and they went to every single new voter, woman who you know just turned 18, or women who never voted, or people who almost never vote, or independents, undeclared, right, left, whatever, and they got them crazy about abortion. And at the same time, they were working, I think, also 2022 with Baldock. They were saying, Don Baldock wants to ban abortion, abolish Medicare, Medicaid, everything, Social Security, end all welfare, ban abortion, kill all women. So they really got the women riled up, and at the polls, it was the young women who voted for mostly abortion, I believe, who really um, gave us pretty much a split house, a small majority in the Senate, and um, obviously, you know, terrible on the state and federal level. Right. Plus, a lot, has... here, a lot of the power there is libertarian, and they're split on abortion, correct? Yeah, overall, libertarians are roughly 50-50 on abortion in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is an extremely pro-abortion state, considering that it's conservative, um, like fiscally and in other ways. And Considering where it is, it's purple, red, blue, whatever. It's very pro-abortion. Um, so the, the nothing has changed in New Hampshire legally. As far as what? No, actually, we did. Oh. We passed in the budget. It's very complicated. I think a year or two ago, probably two or three years ago, in the budget, there was a restriction at 24 weeks. Um, okay. But very complicated. Democrats law sued, so the court's injunction, double injunction, whatever, triple, whatever. I don't know if it's in effect or not. Also, double secret. Yeah, so I don't know if, if that thing is in play right now, but the the enforcement of it obviously relies on ultrasound because without ultrasound, you can't confirm whether the baby is beyond 24 weeks or not. And the Democrats, I believe in the last year's budget, the the rhinos, so Sununu and his buddies who are rhinos, put in a provision to the budget, I believe, that I think took out the ultrasound requirement, meaning it's unenforceable. So it's essentially neutered. So we have no abortion restriction again, I believe, I think. So I think that was in the budget. So for various reasons, I think it's not in effect, but technically on the books, there's a 24-week ban now, um, I think. But it's very complicated. But yeah, that's where we're at. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll throw in two random notes here. One, Sununu not running for president is not a surprise, at least to me, because by and large, outside of New England, the average American has absolutely no clue who Sununu is, and they don't care who was on Bush's staff 40 years ago. Laser. You know what arrogance means? Sununu thinks he's a god. He is Joe Lieberman. He's in the middle. He'll get everyone to vote for him and unite the country, and he's the best ever. Right. But look at Joe Lieberman and, uh, you know, where he wound up, because it wasn't the White House. And no, I'm not saying he would win. Sununu, wouldn't. Sununu would be 15th place in the primary, but his arrogance told him he could unite everyone because he really is a centrist. I Maybe. thought he's so Maybe. arrogant he would have. Maybe, but I don't think he'd be that arrogant. And even if he would, he even if he did think about it and went to people for funding, people with money might be arrogant, but not with their money. And the if donors are already on board with the same Trump, they've all chosen already. 
Right, but I, there, he was never he never could have gotten off the ground. He has zero name recognition outside of that area, none whatsoever. And on the flip side, reabortion, I was shocked at the time about what happened in New Hampshire. I'm less shocked now because I got into a debate over this with somebody just recently and looked up the numbers, and who knows, right? Lies, damn lies, and statistics and all that. But evidently, numerous surveys have come up with approximately 24% of American women having had at least one abortion. I would have thought like 3%, but it's apparently upwards of 20%. I'm shocked that it's not 50%. What's that? That's pretty wild. 24% is a lot, Ed. I'm shocked it's not 50% of those uh, childbearing age and and lower. Right. So I, I, and I thought it was much, much lower, but evidently for every you know, Starbucks full of people behind the counter, one of them's had an abortion. So maybe that's why it's such a big issue is that people are very into getting abortions. Yep. Yeah, it's very popular. It's, it's sad. But if you look at the civics, which is the only pollster that I generally have faith in, I'll pull it up right now. Currently, they do scientifically randomized but um, representative dynamic polling with 287,000 online respondents representative of the public over the last uh, seven years. So pretty good polling. Right now they have 31% saying legal in all cases, abortion should be. Um, 30% saying illegal in most cases. Um, Only 8% saying illegal in all cases. And 27% saying legal in most cases. So you get an online poll to be scientifically valid. I mean, it's going to be self-selected for people that are interested in the topic. Yes, but they, but they, but they have people representative of the greater population. I, I mean, oh, you can well, have so a What did that poll include men who were pregnant? <laughs> Mike, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> wow. Ooh, this is what happens. You get a birthday, and it's just everything changes, Mike. But that was that was a. It is a serious question. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. Let's go quickly. What haven't we talked about that we need to devote several minutes to talk about? Mike, birthday boy? No, I mean, I was going to bring up a little bit of the LeBron's son. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just funny at this point in some ways how, uh, I don't know, the, the reaction in the media is always, no, it couldn't possibly be the vaccine. No, no, no. You know, you can't even, you still can't even bring it up, but it's like, I think for a lot of people now, it's like the first thing that kind of pops into their head. You know what I mean? Like, uh, did he have the jab? Just, you know, I mean. Is it conclusive that old? he did have the shot? I, you know, I really No, I but if he's know. playing in a league and he's playing in high schools, I'd bet $1,000 that to put it on a jersey and get on a court last year or two years ago, you would have had to have the shot. That's I the, mean. Now, isn't it his father that's the king of flopping and faking it? Could that be? Uh... He's a pretty good actor. He's pretty good, but he's not that good. Yeah. I mean, listen, there have been so many athletes who have had these issues, and it never seems to have changed, you know, the press or the whole country's view, right? Well, people already dig up their heels a long time ago. I think it's definitely raised some eyebrows along the way. Look, there's... And this is stuff that we covered, I'm pretty sure, here a long, long time ago. There's always been an incidence of some young athletes dropping dead. Sure. It'll happen 10 times a year globally, right? You can have somebody who just has an unknown heart issue, whatever, or you do have some athletes who do 
develop cardiomegaly uh, because of their ridiculous training regimen. And so that does Basketball happen. happens actually the most. Cardiomyopathy can lead yeah. to sudden cardiac arrest for some reason. Yeah. Yep. It so happens. Is that what happened with Hank Gathers? You guys they remember Hank Gathers? They don't know who Hank Gathers was. Oh, I'm now I'm showing them. He's young to us, Mike. Okay, he he he, uh, he died um, a basketball player for it was Loyola Mary, Marymount. Loyola Marymount in California. And, it, and he died uh, dur during the basketball season. It was was it in the tournament, Ed? It was in the tournament. In the in, in the March NCAA, Madness tournament. NCAA tournament. He he just dropped. Yeah, so with basketball players that happen possible. most. And, and uh, that's do... one of the reasons why they have um, 12 EDKG screens as part of like the beginning and probably regular annual checkups for especially basketball, but all athletes. Yeah. They can develop cardiomyopathy. Probably don't have enough time to get into it here, but yeah. cardiomyopathy, cardiomegaly is just enlargement of the heart. Too much pathologic, probably genetic of when you work out your heart muscle. Like it's not supposed to grow like other skeletal muscle, like a biceps, but it yeah. can grow if you do a lot of cardio. And with that, you can see it on EKG, just bigger amplitude of like the, the yeah. left ventricular uh, lateral leads. So you can see it pretty easily. Um, and for some reason, probably don't, don't even know why, but that does lead to a way higher incidence of sudden cardiac death. And it's so especially yeah. that, so The way that I heart know. muscle grows, unlike skeletal muscle, which grows outward, right? You do a lot of working out, your bicep gets larger and larger. Uh, cardiac muscle grows inward because there are several layers around the heart. Yeah. Cardiac muscle grows inward. When cardiac muscle grows inward, it does several things. It reduces the volume within all the chambers of the heart. By reducing the volume, you're increasing certain pressures, but you're also decreasing the ability to stretch and contract because you now have a smaller uh, cavity that's getting filled. So cardiomyopathy, or cardiomyopathy, which is this specifically, uh, and is almost synonymous, or I should say they almost always have to come together with cardiomegaly, which literally just means an enlarging of the actual heart. But these are mm -hmm. things that we do see. The difference is that after the COVID vaccine, these numbers went from few to just altogether way, 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 way more than any other previous yeah. year, uh, to the point where it is statistically, I would contend it's, from a purely statistical standpoint, I would contend it's literally impossible by statistical definition to be coincidental. When I, right. when I was talking to a friend, I, you know, I, I, she said, why are you so convinced it was the vax? You don't have any evidence. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But what I can say is that all of these, you know, 100 times more, um, you know, you can say that most of them are due to the vax. But you can't say in, in this individual case it wasn't unless you had more right. evidence. But you know um, what else you can so, say to someone who says that, Ed? You can say you have no evidence. The same way there's no evidence that the vax caused this, there's no evidence that the vax helps. There's no evidence that the vax is safe. I mean, you can turn it right no, no, back on them. There's no testing. No, I mean, the question was, you know, somebody posted uh, a, about, you know, what do you think caused this? And I said, I'm not saying it's the vax, but it's the vax. I'm just <laughs> trying to be funny. And then the response was, well, how can you be sure? And, and so I went into a large philosophical discussion about how you can how you can be sure on a, on a co cohort level, you know, on a population level, that all of these deaths, uh, most of them are caused by the vax, but you can't talk about any individual individual person without sort of individualized evidence. And I, I still think that's the truth. Um, is, is there I, a chance that if LeBron thought it was the vax, that it would have any influence on parts no, of No, and here's why, because if he came out tomorrow and said nobody take the vaccine, Nike would drop him like a hot potato. The NBA would crucify him. 
Do you know how much money LeBron James? LeBron James made a billion dollars. A billion. Yeah, especially with China. He's already proven that he'll bow to China every time. Yeah. Yep. LeBron James exactly. is not going to say anything that's going to cost him what, in fairness, Good is point. an obscene fortune. Good point. All right, Ed P. I mean, they don't get to real quick. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I got nothing. You got nothing? Nah. It's been All a blah right. week. A blah week. Laser, what do you got from Alaska? You haven't been in a while. What's the big story? In Alaska, there's no big story. I saw a seal and some bald eagles. That's about it. Ain't nothing out here. But I, the one thing I would touch upon, we did touch upon, but just a good reminder to people, whenever they do think that our political realm is crazy, just take a quick glance at anything happening in Israeli politics on any given Tuesday and then shut up for a minute. It's It does get a whole different level of absolutely insane. And I well, think having, having two former prime ministers calling for rebellion and violence on the street and asking the president of the United States to hurt their own country. Yeah, and asking the Supreme Court to rule on whether or not the Supreme Court should be able to do whatever the Supreme Court wants to do in the face of a ruling that is supposed to check the Supreme Court. Uh, Every country does that, though, because they get right. the And then, then do it while half of your physicians and half of your fighter pilots are saying they're not showing up at work. Even though for fighter pilots, this may or may not be court martialable um, and shutting down half the major highways in the country. It's, yeah, they, they do know how, how to do chaos. The word balagan exists in Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. This is a rebellion against the legitimately elected government, and it should be put down. It yep. can't be because it's coming from the left. And there's been a lot of fights over whether the police have been too strong or too weak. Which is funny because, at least speaking from what I've personally witnessed in Israel, when police in Israel show up at protests, normally they literally come out swinging. They pull up in a black van that's unmarked. A bunch of guys jump out in black leathers, black helmets, and black billy clubs, beat the crap out of everybody within reach. Everybody scrambles for the streets. They clear it. They jump back in their unmarked black van, and they disappear into the night. And these super cops have been around for at least... 25 years because I saw them as a kid and I saw them as an adult. Yeah, you're you're also leaving out the horses kicking people. Right. Normally they quash these things pretty harshly and they've let these rock pretty far. So it's interesting. I, I would contend that they have been significantly less harsh in their response to these protests than historically. That's what the right is complaining. How come the protests for you know evacuating Gaza were handled one way? And I guess yeah. I should point out one interesting thing. Everybody's yelling that even Biden, if they made these changes, it should have been done with more consensus. Well, for those who don't remember the Oslo Accords, which I believe were 1995 or 1993, I can never remember which one, they were decided on the vote of a Volvo. So, Laser's the only one who gets it. They bribed one person with a ministry that comes with a Volvo, and that's how Oslo was passed. And wow. some people believe thousands of people were killed. That was not a consensus of the public. And neither was I mean, the evacuation of Gaza years later was not consensus. I mean, nothing had to consensus. It was the Volvo, so that car is still running. <laughs> a certain writer has written many articles and, and mentioned in many books that um, the government doesn't have our um, consensus or anything because even at best, like 25% of registered voters voted for Trump and Clinton each. Um, 
and the rotting bag of oatmeal didn't get 81 million votes in the White House anyway. Well, but, actually, um, Israel has a higher percentage of voters, by the way. Of overall yeah. turnout, sure. Israel also has a parliamentary system that requires such complex coalitions that nobody in the history of the universe could ever get a majority. Well, they, they're a little more representative because they have parliamentary allocation um, as far as representative allocation. No, actually, they have no representation. And one of the problems with not having a constitution is here we have a representative. I have a congressperson and a senator. And it doesn't work like that in Israel. And that's one of the problems. You vote for a party oh. and there's oh, zero okay. accountability. Right. But they can't even, change. I mean, look, even when, when they voted for Likud, right, if you look at how their prime ministers work, they don't even vote for a prime minister. They vote for a party and a party is like that guy. That's yeah. how the the coalition that ousted Netanyahu momentarily was a group of people who literally all want to put bullets in each other's heads. And they were like, yeah, 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 we'll knock out Netanyahu. And then like, uh, great. Now what? Oh, we're going to take turns being prime minister. That was the official plan. Was to rotate prime ministerships between hey, like before. the Romans at Kenne. Yeah, but by right. the way, they did have direct elections of prime ministers for a couple of terms, and then for some odd reason they repealed it. But anyway. Anything that's better than than our system where we have for one one a king for four or eight years? That's a long time, and we can't get rid of him. Um, I don't know. One I don't thing think that, eight, I, I think our system is better. Oh, I think it is because you literally imagine if you just had to vote for Republicans and then they got to put in whomever they want. That's better because I could vote for Libertarian as a party and it would have an impact essentially whereas there, there you can do that. Here you can't. No, it's it also better. I mean, earlier in the show, you'd get less than 1% of the vote in every election ever. And then you just get Democrat and then AOC is the president at 36 years old. Well, also earlier in the show, Stephen talked about the virtues of the parliamentary system allowing for the immediate collapse of the government. But there are there are some negatives to that. It leads to instability. A lot of parliamentary. Can I correct you? I did. I don't think I was praising it for that. I was pointing out or trying to that in Israel you can never have a dictatorship because you can collapse it. Whether it's a good system or not is up for a very good thing that they could be gone in a day. Yeah, I mean. But I mean, you look at, I mean, Italy has a parliamentary system too, and they, they have trouble keeping a government in place for, for a year. And this has been the case for 80 years now. So I, I don't, I, I think that stability has a value. It's not the only value. It's not the cardinal value, but it has a value. Our system has, provides for stability for four years. And then you get to vote again. I think most of us would agree with the Churchill quote. What's that? Democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the other ones. I think so, democracy is actually the worst. I mean, I parliament is the bad system. I think maybe the only thing you could do in America is make it easier to uh, impeach, but that's for another debate. Ed M, clean up pitter for the day, tie it all together. I, have, I know we we're short on time. I have three quick hits. Uh, number one, Trump is saying that he's not going to show up to the first debate, and he floated uh -huh. the idea of doing a one-on-one -on -one interview with Tucker Carlson. And Tucker sent out a, a message asking people what they thought of that. Um, I think it's an interesting, uh, not an interesting proposal, but a revealing proposal, I guess. Trump is committed to not participating in the Republican primary and not debating his Republican ch uh, challengers. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what Tucker's reaction is to that. And the voters' reaction to that, frankly. Do you agree that Tucker should not do that? Um, no, I think Tucker should do it and crucify him. I think he should ask him the same kind of tough questions that he asked all the other people in, in the Iowa 
questioning that he did. At the same time as the Republican debate? That's fine. I mean, who cares about these Republican debates in, in August anyway? I mean, they're not really serious. And if Trump is not going to show up, I mean, to me, it's a it's a three man race and really a two man race. I mean, it's Trump and DeSantis and maybe Vivek is, is a third third person. But nobody hotter else than DeSantis right now lately. What? Vivek is hotter than DeSantis. Louder Vivek than DeSantis. So yeah. Yeah. Those are the only three. I mean, you know, you get these debates in, in August of the prior year and you get 10 or 20 people on the stage and nobody really cares what most of them have to say. Uh, I, I'm not really all that concerned. I mean, no one's really paying attention to to primary debates six months ahead of time other than people like us. So, yeah, Tucker should do it. And Tucker should ask him some really hard questions and make him have to squirm and ma- and pin him down the same way. I mean, look what Tucker did to Mike Pence. I mean, I'm not saying that Trump is going to implode, but Tucker should should pin him down and, and hit him with some hard questions. I wonder if Tucker would hit Trump hard. That's an interesting question. That well, let, let's see. Um, so the second, the second, unless you guys want to talk more about that, the second question. No, no, no. Have, we want you to clean up. The second question, the second uh, story that we didn't talk about was on Monday of this week, July twenty fourth. Uh, a new cryptocurrency was launched. Uh, it's called WorldCoin, and it's AI based. And it has a retina scan to it. And the WEF people are all over it. That'll be a negative uh, for me, dog. Uh, I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's a big story because uh, the, the WEF people are all over it. They think that it's the prototype for the the central bank digital currencies that they'd love to, to offer. Um, they think it's a way to tie uh, universal basic income to, uh, to, crypto, to money. And to make it so that uh, it doesn't really, you know, the, they'll make the scan part of all, all point of sale transact point of sale transactions. And um, I think it's a big story, um, and nobody really is is following it. I just happened to pass up, pass, you know, find it. Um, so I thought I'd mention that one. And then the the third story is that we're recording this today on Wednesday, July twenty sixth. The Federal Reserve raised rates again. Um, and I think that's sort of related to to the launch of the the cryptocurrency and the WEF supporting it. I think that the only re- the inflation is not running rampant. The only reason the Fed would raise rates is to protect the dollar and to create a a credit crunch. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that until the U.S. hits recession, I think that. Uh, raising rates is actually going to be a tailwind for the economy. I think it's actually going to make it look like things are better because the increase in rates in America is going to lead to a gigantic inflow of money and dollars from abroad as people seek the higher return here in, in the United States. I think it's going to lead to a dollar shortage, a bigger dollar shortage because abroad, uh, and I say bigger because there's already a dollar shortage abroad, and it's going to lead to um, Credit problems abroad first before it leads to credit problems here in the United States. But it's going to lead to credit problems in the United States. And I think. What did they say? What what was their what was the rationale? You know what? I was I was busy with with work this afternoon, so I didn't read Powell's opaque statements anyway. I mean, he doesn't. And what do you mean by credit crunch? Huh? 
What do you mean by credit problems? Hard, hard for businesses and individuals to borrow money. Okay. And How much did they raise it at? 25 basis points, so which is small. a quarter of a percent. Okay. Um, it, it, the pro 25 basis points is probably not enough to push things over the edge, but uh, it signals that they're not pausing and they're not pivoting, which is what a lot of people thought they were going to do. Um, it signifies to me that uh, they're going to continue raising. And like I said, I think I think that the economy is actually going to benefit in the short term from that, from all the inflow of capital. Um, but at some point, we're going to have a big, big hit. Uh, and by we, I don't just mean the United States. I think the United States is going to be the last one to feel it. We're going to be, we're going to feel like everything is great when the rest of the world is going to be uh, scurrying around looking for dollars to pay off all their foreign debts, so many of which are denominated in dollars. And as those dollars uh, come back home to the United States, it's going to be harder and harder for foreigners to service their dollar denominated debts. And that's where the, that's part of where the credit crunch is going to come from. So those are the stories I wanted to hit on. Go for right. it. I'm afraid that my comment is going to get me voted off the show. Nothing so gets you voted off the show. Yes, you have no idea what I'm about to say, Ed. We are going to keep a close eye on the retina scan story. Okay. Now, take that back, Ed. You're a no. person. All right. That's Not my good. vote of no confidence. There we go. All right. Everybody, we wish everyone a good evening. We'll be back next Wednesday. It was great to have you all the way from Alaska, Laser. It's a long way from Ukraine. Alu, thanks for the... Uh, it New was Hampshire. great to see the boys. New Hampshire. Laser, hey, don't assume his gender. You're not a biologist. Laser, thank you for your cervix. Bye-bye. You sound Jewish. Everybody, we wish you a good evening. See you all next week.